Good afternoon, everybody. This is Jeff J. Brown on the D-Day beaches of Normandy in France. And I have on the show today a really um, I, an impressive person in my by my definition, Don Hank. How are you doing, Don? Good. Thanks. Don, how I found out about Don is, is one day I get this email in my inbox called uh, daily airstrike. And I'm like, what is this? And um, I start reading it and it's, it was long and detailed and organized. And it was just, it was just uh, incredibly impressive. And um, so I'm just going to let Don uh, tell you all about it because that's why we're here. I, I, I really want people to start to learn more about Don because he is doing something that I don't I don't know anybody else that's doing on on Earth and, and except maybe except maybe in Russia or, or someplace like that. But it's very very impressive. So Don, um, the first question is um, uh, a little background about you and how you got to Panama. Don 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 is in Panama between Central America and South America. Well, as I told you earlier, I, I married a Panamanian. Yeah. And uh, we were living in the States for a little while. But uh, my wife's mother got sick. She had cancer. And suddenly we just rushed down here. And we had already bought a house down here anyway, so which was going to be uh... a summer home. But uh, it turned out to be our, our home. Okay. All right. And do you like it there? Love it. Do you like Panama? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Weather must be awesome. Well, it, it during the rainy seasons, it's not as awesome, but uh, we like it no matter what happens yeah. here. Yeah, I bet. I mean, you've got Costa Rica to the north of you, and you've got uh, Colombia to the south of you, so uh, lots, of, lots of places nearby to go to. Yeah. Well, Don, tell us about, you know, you are obviously uh, outside the norm of, of mainstream media and I'll let people tell you, I'll let you tell people about your, about your email and tell us about your arc of, arc of awareness about the reality of, of how the world really functions. Uh, I mean, for you, was it an epiphany, like it suddenly it dawned on you or was it a sl slow realization? I'd say it's both. Uh, back in the 70s, 60s, I'm sorry, uh, during the Vietnam War, I became immediately aware that there's something really horrible going on in Washington. They really like war, and there's always an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> well put, they really that. like war. <laughs> they love it. Yeah. And so I had that, uh, that was kind of an epiphany, I guess. But um, since then, I've gone through cycles where I, I went through a, a conservative cycle where I thought I was a conservative, but I found out that I didn't think like other conservatives. So then I didn't know what I was. And that's where I am today, which is good. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a, belong to an ism of any sort. But I'm very pro-Russian. Okay. I, right. I have 
I have a master's degree in Russian. Ah, uh, uh, that's why you speak, read, and write Russian. No, actually uh. not. <laughs> uh, my undergraduate courses were in Russian, but when you when you take a Russian course on a graduate level in the United States, you're going to forget your Russian because Russian courses are given in English. The reading is all in English, translations, uh, uh, classes are given in English, it's horrible. But I managed to escape that because I found an eccentric professor at a small college uh, called Kutztown University. And uh, this guy just, he wasn't like the rest of them. He just, he rebelled. And he spoke all Russian in class. We wrote, read, uh, the novels and the poetry and the things, uh, short stories, all in in Russian. So, wow, where is Cutsdown University? Uh, what state? It's in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it sounds okay. That's okay. All right. A little bit all north. Right. Of is that where you're from? Are you are, are you from Pennsylvania? Lancaster originally. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Lancaster. All right. All right. All right, so you're a nitly, you're a, nit, a nitney lion, <laughs> a nitly, <laughs> yeah, a nitney so. lion for for uh, for 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 a college football and a Steeler, the Steelers uh, for for pro football and um, I can't remember what are the what are the what's Pittsburgh called in in NBA I can't remember, uh, well, but uh, the the the, the uh, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm not much into pro ball. I, I grew up in Oklahoma, so it was all Oklahoma State and Oklahoma and Oklahoma. So I, uh, although there are now there is now an NBA team there, you know, the Thunder. But back when I grew up, it was all about the o Oklahoma Sooners and the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So uh, okay, I don't follow. So, the, so that's. OK. Yeah, some do and some don't. You're either pro ball or you're, or you're college ball. <laughs> so, uh, so this, so this teacher was the guy that he was the one that opened the doors for you to learn Russian so well that you're that you're actually are doing a lot of translating every day for your airstrike uh, email. He he was the guy that did it for you, huh? No, he he he's passed away unfortunately quite a few years ago. Uh, but he was—he was the one that gave you the helping hand to get you fluent in Russian. No, I was pretty fluent before that, actually, uh, and I, I was all self-taught uh, for the most part, hmm. with a few courses, uh, undergraduate courses, from Millersville State University, which is another uh, Pennsylvania university in Lancaster County. And I also ha spent a summer in Leningrad at the Leningrad University. Oh, okay. Lucky you. Yeah. Oh, wow. Was, Lucky you. It was a lot of fun. With your knowledge of Russian all the time that you were back in the United States, were you ever were you, were you ever approached by the CIA or the FBI to uh, work work for them? I took a a test at the CIA to become, I wanted to be a translator. I, I, I've been a translator all my life. I spent 40 years as a translator. 
but uh, and I wanted to work for the CIA because I figured it was just a way to make a buck. Uh, and I I passed the German test, but I didn't quite make it in the Russian test because I misspelled, <laughs> uh, you know, Patty Hearst, the Hearst newspaper. Yeah. I misspelled yeah, it. Yeah. So that 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 failed me. Wow. And so you also, so you're also, you also speak German. Yeah, I was a German teacher for a while. I spent uh, my junior year abroad in in Marburg, uh, Germany. Oh wow! Okay. Wow, you are uh, you are quite the linguist. I'm really impressed. Are there any other languages that you know besides your mother tongue? Well, I well, uh, Spanish, of course. You know Spanish. You know Spanish. Yeah. I spent three years in Taiwan and studying uh, Chinese at the Taiwan University. Uh, no, not the Taiwan University. I'm sorry, the the uh, uh, normal university. Uh, there's there's a big program there. There are a lot of uh, Europeans and uh, people from all around the world who study there. Okay. They call it Shifang. All right, so ch yeah. Well, my my uh, my uh, daughter went to Beijing Normal uh, and got her degree in Be at Beijing Normal University. So it's Beijing Shifan Dashue. So uh, she went to she went to a, that's what's usually normal universities are where usually where teachers get their teaching degrees. Yeah, mm -hmm. they they study to be teachers. So uh, wow. So, uh, so she must be totally tell us Chinese. Yeah. Yeah, not only that, she um, she took all of her classes in Chinese for four yeah. years. Wow. So she she's way ahead of me. I mean, my, my Chinese is right now. It's very rusty because with COVID, I haven't been able to go back for three years. But um, but um, um, her Chinese, yeah, she's she's totally fluent. She's 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 pretty amazing. Wow. So. Um, well, please tell us about your um email letter called Air, daily airstrike <laughs> report Excellent. about russia and ukraine it's, it always starts out what? with the airstrikes yeah i always start out the uh, the newsletter with my airstrikes uh which nobody else seems to report on that neither in russia uh nor in the united states although the ukrainians do come out with re daily reports because it's every day they get hit every day yeah, I decided to do that because well, I had been reporting from about the Russian uh, the war in Ukraine before that, but I went into high gear when they started on October 10. They started hitting uh, Ukrainian targets every day, multiple targets every day uh, on October 10. This was two days after the bridge was hit. Yeah, yeah. Bridge. Uh, the Kirsch, the Kirsch Bridge, I think it was is called. Yeah, but it's also known as the, the Kirsch Strait. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Crimean. Yeah, the Kirsch Strait. Yeah, okay. Now, uh, back in last March, 2022, they were saying in the, in the U.S. here in the, in the U.S. here. No, not here. <laughs> in the U.S., they were saying that the Russians were running out of missiles. Oh, I know. We've heard that for the last year. 
<laughs> well, I decided, to, I decided to prove that that wasn't true. So uh... I every day since October 10th. That's a, that's a whole half year ago. That's what's going on. Okay. All right. <laughs> and I'm showing All you. All right. So that walk. was your inspiration. That was, yeah, part of it. And I also, now in your in your report, go ahead. I was going to say I also I also try to include uh, a sit rep, a situation uh, report on the battlefield as well, so that people don't get the impression that Russia's losing. Yeah. You keep mentioning with all these daily bombings, and it really is impressive. And I get your I get your email, and I go through it. I mean, I maybe I can't spend a lot of on it, but I at least go through it. I'm, and we'll talk later about another country that you're very passionate about um, that I really like uh, at the end of your reports, but we'll get there. Um, and you keep talking about how they're bombing, they're bombing areas that uh, can repeatedly bombing areas that could uh, become a corridor to uh, uh, go into Kiev. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's going to happen? Personally, I do. I do think they're going to. I've read enough reports uh, from commentators, uh, Russian commentators, uh, saying that uh, that's a very strong possibility that they'll do that. Yeah. Uh, they didn't, they didn't, uh, you know, the first time that they went to Kiev and they circled Kiev, um, that was not an attempt to take Kiev. That was a decoy, wasn't it? It was a decoy, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. But this time, it's yes. going to be the real thing if they if they do. Now, I, I can't prove it, but uh, it seems odd that they, that they keep hitting these these oblasts or these regions uh, on a route that would take them to Kiev. All yeah. these all these uh, oblasts and. Um, I don't think anybody's noticed that. Yeah. And I don't well, think you Russia, sure have. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Russia wants us to notice that. Yeah. Because what about what about move, Odessa? Oh, what Odessa. about moving? Uh, yeah, I think the, moving into Odessa. Odessa. The problem with Odessa is that they're not Russian all Russian speakers. They're not. They're not majority Russian speakers. There are a lot of Ukrainians there, so that will be a difficult uh, uh, offensive for them. And I don't know how that will work out. But I heard before before the before 2014 and all these all these Nazis <laughs> came into power and 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 started de-Russifying de or de-Russifying. Ukraine. I saw a map that showed that even if they were, even if they were, you know, uh, you know, Ukrainian, that eighty percent of the people in Ukraine spoke Russian at home because oh, they were more comfortable with speaking Russian. Didn't you say uh, that's? Yeah, that's what I saw. I think I would say that eighty percent can speak Russian, and they're pretty good at it. The, the Russians good. 
but I didn't know that they would speak it at home. That's possible, I suppose. I don't know. I I, I just in- I, I got the impression there were there were areas in Kiev and then Lviv, Lviv you know, in the in the west in Galicia, and the, and the, the, those were you know real strong, um, real strong you know Ukrainian language yeah. Yeah, that's uh, centers. And then, but and but and, and it wasn't, and and I saw the map, and it's actually it it was not um, like Moscovian Russian, but su- a southern dialect. I can't remember the name of it. But there was a, it, it's a southern dialect that they that, that most of them speak uh, in Ukraine. I'll send you the map after the show, and you and you can and you can tell me what you think. Yeah. Uh, so I was, uh, I was in Kiev. <laughs> During my trip to to uh, my study in Leningrad, we took side trips, and I spent a few days in Kiev. And everybody I talked to spoke Russian, and they didn't have an accent. <laughs> I was amazed when I found out that Kiev isn't supposed to be part of the Russian speaking uh, Russian speaking area. Well, I'll send you the map, and uh, you can tell me what you think, or you can maybe even use it in your in your newsletter. I don't know. That's what I just saw, and yeah, I'll probably send uh, send the link. And, to uh, all right, all right, sounds good. The um, to, for me personally, but you know a lot more about it than I do. I don't think Russia has any choice but to um, reabsorb the entire geographical area of Ukraine, because if they don't, they've got to go to the borders of Poland and Slovakia and Hungary and Romania. And um, uh, well, we, we, we can throw in Moldova also, but they've got to go all the way to the borders of the EU, because otherwise, if they don't, they will continue and, and, and then just put up like a wall you know, to keep out the arms. If they don't go that far, they're just going to keep pumping arms and arms and arms and arms. And 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 uh, you know, they they keep saying that well, the the West <laughs> NATO's running out, <clears throat> but they sure seem to keep you know keep pumping weapons into Ukraine. So if if Russia had you know tank divisions all along all along the European border, they couldn't send in any. They could not send any more arms. Yeah. So I think that's what they're going to end up having to do. What do you think? I agree with you. I, I don't hear that opinion very often, but I agree with you. I think they have to do that. And um, every time they start, the, the Ukrainians start using a longer range missile, and actually they, they actually went into far into Russia right now. Um, Russia has already said, as long as uh, every time you extend the range, we're going to move westward that that far, whatever distance that is. And I think mm-hmm. they have to do it, as you say. Yeah. The, what about like Bakhmut? And um, it just seems like, you know, we. it is frustrating for Westerners because, you know, I get the impression that the Russians are just basically just grinding the Ukrainians into into nothingness, basically, until they don't have any men left and don't oh. don't have any arms left. But you know, they 
Do you do you find it um, as frustrating as I do that they are just taking a, a sort of defensive, offensive, you know, call, situ, you know position? They call it a meat grinder. Yeah, they call it the meat grinder. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, they're not they're not really losing anything by doing this because part of the this is part of the demilitarization that Russia has spoken of since the very start. Yeah. Uh -huh. So they have to kill a lot of a lot of Nazis. Yeah, and also denazification. Also, get rid of all the fascists too. Well, same thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I think yeah. the Russians call them fascists more, more than anything, but uh, sometimes they call them nationalists. They're the same people. Yeah, nationalists. Stefan Bandera and 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 his all of his spawn from the last seventy five years. Well, so um, what's interesting is that the, the way my I have I have one friend maybe I should call him a frenemy, who is a neocon, and he insists that there are hardly any uh, Nazis in the in Ukraine or in the in the army or in the you know. He's just—he's. I don't know where he gets his information. Even the—even the even the, uh, the most neocon of of all the uh, media, I think, would 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 probably disagree with him on that at this point. I mean, you've got you've got a a holiday where the Ukrainians celebrate. It's an official holiday. Zelensky signed off on this, <laughs> where this Jew killer. Bandera was a Jew killer. He killed a hundred. Stephanie, yeah, yeah. More than more than that. <laughs> and uh, and then they they had these parades where they they carry these these um, the Germans call it fackel fackel the torches. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah. A third Reich. Yeah. Thousands of them. I maybe you've seen the videos with thousands. thousands oh yeah, of I have. <laughs> And of course, my my friend of me says, "No, that's that's not happening." <laughs> wow, that's selective vision. That's yeah. for sure. That's sad. So you, so you're getting all you you have your 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 email, your daily airstrike <laughs> email set up. Where you you go in, you highlight things in yellow, and then you do your your translations in <laughs> in red. And and the fact that you do each one of these every day is just for me is mind boggling. You must be a very 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 prolific um, high speed worker, uh, but uh, you know with with your with your computer. But um, are is are this information you're getting from the Russian from Russian from from Russian sources? Yes and no. I'm getting I'm getting them from Russia, but the Russians are quoting the Ukrainians. You see, the Ministry of Defense, uh, MOD, does not regularly report on their airstrikes. They talk about the battlefield, but rarely do they talk about the airstrikes. They don't want to focus on that. I'm not why? really sure why. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's very odd. 
Maybe, maybe because they, they're being accused of killing a lot of civilians and they don't want to highlight that, perhaps. I uh, am subscribed to the Ministry of Russian Ministry of Defense Telegram, Telegram channel. Yeah. And you're right. That's all they talk about is the ground war. Yeah, that's all they talk. Well, no, they do get in. No, they, but no, I should. I should. That's not all. They also talk about their helicopters and their jets. Well, yeah, you know, air, air to ground, air to ground, you know, and air to air, but but not missile. You're right. They they talk about their air force. They talk about their navy. They talk about everything, but they never talk about missile strikes. It's really interesting. Maybe if they do, because I don't follow them as much as I used to, the, the uh, Telegram uh, channel. But if they do talk about missile strikes, then it's only because they're, they're talking about hitting military installations with the, with the missiles. Yeah. And, of course, they talk a lot about the Ukrainians hitting hospitals and schools and apartment complexes and churches and... Yeah, it's you know they they do they do talk about all the stuff that the that that the Nazis are 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 hitting all the civilian targets that the Nazis are hitting and um, yeah and in and, uh, Donbass and when and when the Nazis hit the hospitals and the residences, that's always blamed on Russia. Yeah, of course, as the Russians did it to themselves. But they're not. Of course, <laughs> they're always hitting themselves. Of course, the Russians are all <laughs> So what do you see happening? I mean, it's really, I mean, the way that the way they're just basically hanging out in Bakhmut and um, it's, you know, I, I the only decent maps I see are, are southfront.org, southfront.org. And yeah. even those are just are, are not, you know, I don't, I, it seems to me like the map has not changed a whit in six months, but I, that can't be true. I mean, it must have changed some, but yeah. When well, do they, you see it? When do you see them? They, they, they're talking about this, the grand winter offensive, mm -hmm. and now they're talking about the grand spring offensive. What do you see happening? <laughs> well, um, I, I read an opinion recently that if they want, if Ukraine wants to continue nibbling away at Bakhmut or counterattacking, as they say, uh, then they're not going to have enough men and equipment to to hold a spring offensive. But then that's true or not, I don't know. But I, I sort of. I sort of trust the opinion of um, Prigozhin. The, uh, the I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah of, of Wagner. Yeah. He knows what he's talking about, I think. So are you saying who have enough men for a spring offensive, the Ukrainians or the Russians? The Ukrainians. The Russians the Ukrainians, have because the, Yeah, the Russians have all those reserves they've trained. Yeah, yeah. They've and trained hundreds of... Hundreds of thousands of of, uh, of of reservists, and I don't know if they've even used them yet. No, I don't think so. <laughs> so Zelensky better watch his back. 
Is it really true that uh, everybody jokes about him being a cocaine addict? Is that true? I think it's true. Uh, I read an article by a, a lady who was in the entertainment business at one time in Ukraine, and she describes in detail one of the parties that he threw. He, he put a bucket of cocaine in the Co middle, yeah. and he called that snow, and he invited everybody to have some snow. So yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I saw a, a press conference he gave. He was sniffing and he was sniffing and sniffing and sniffing, which is a symptom of uh, of, uh, of, of, re of recent coke use. So uh, it's, uh, uh, it's unbelievable. And and a Nazi to boot. What 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 a country. And the fact that our country is backing him to the hilt is 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 uh, is, is is a humiliation, as far as I'm concerned. But absolutely, um, absolutely. yeah, but it's just um, they're saying that that's going to change. Well, because no, not because Biden wants to change, because but it's because Biden knows that the American people are sick and tired of arms being shipped to. Yeah. The and the money. Yeah. It's terrible, the amounts. Well, so, it's just it's just as it's just as schizophrenic here in Europe. I mean, you know, the fact that Europe is literally destroying itself mm -hmm. at the order of the United States. I mean, you know, just literally, I mean, a talk about a a lapdog vassal, you know, the, the Europeans are just have absolutely um um, are under the complete control of, of Washington and uh, and NATO. It's just uh, it's it's frighteningly sad. I mean, just let me tell you that. I never would have so, thought uh, happened, but after 9/11, um, I was working for a German company, and uh, my contact there was uh, would would say uh, how sad it was that the United States had been attacked. And it didn't seem like a very European attitude because back then the Europeans were more standoffish. They didn't really support us as, as much. But after that happened, and I think that's why it happened, because because it brought the world, the so-called world, the, the West, to uh, it, it made them uh, sympathetic to America. Mm -hmm. And since that, they've been, yeah. you say. Yeah, yeah. In many, if not most of your daily airstrike reports, your email <laughs> at the end, uh, after you've taken care of Russia, Ukraine, et cetera, you um, have news about Palestine uh, and what I call Israel and mm -hmm. the genocide, the daily genocide that's being committed there, uh, which is which is I like to say has been going on since 1917 uh, with the um, with the uh, Balfour uh, with the Balfour Agreement and carving up carving up the carving up Palestine, you know, with the French and the British. Um, so it's actually been going on now for over over two over a hundred years, uh, when they started to um, 
exterminate Palestinians. But what? Why Palestine? I mean, you've been to you've been to Taiwan. You've learned Chinese. You speak Spanish. You married to a Panamanian woman. You've learned, <coughs> lived, worked in or studied in Russia. You know, you know German. What's up with Palestine? I only know what I read. I've never been to the Middle East or the um, Western Asia is what they now call it. Never been there. Uh, I just um, I just realized I think that you see a pattern here where there there are people being slaughtered, and the United States is either applauding or, or at least tacitly agreeing with all this. And what else? It's exactly what's happening in Ukraine. People that the United States doesn't like, they just set their proxies against them. Mm -hmm. So it, it goes hand in yeah. hand. Ukraine. Yeah, you, uh, you, you always find some really good information reports about what's going on in Palestine. And then uh, you, you, you had, <laughs> you did something that actually James Bradley and I reported on. I don't know if you know if you um, saw it, but um, we did a show about when the Russians went into Mariupol. Uh, they found they just they found definite proof that the Red Cross there was being used for organ harvesting of children. They had thousands of files on uh, children in Mariupol at the Red Cross. They had underground bunkers and and underground um, like rooms and stuff. Um, and they they had all these files, and all the files were not were were not worried about the health of the children. Every one of the files was talking about the health of their organs. You know, the the status the 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 viability of their organs and and at the same time israelis were flooding you know were and are flooding in ukraine ukrainians under the bogus pretense of going to help the ukrainians but they're surgeons and of course they're going in to uh, harvest organs in, in ukraine and you're the one that you're the one that pointed out also that in fact israel is the v organ harvesting capital of the world nobody har nobody illegally harvests organs like like like, like israel so it's uh, they're they're in bulgaria they're in thailand there there was a place in there was a place in in bangkok when we my wife and i tried to live tried to retire there but couldn't because of covid it's a long story but that's why we're back here we couldn't go back to Thailand because the front, because the borders were closed. But there was a place in Bangkok that everybody said, if you go to that area of of Bangkok, and you know, be careful to watch your drink, be careful to not drink too much, be careful, don't buy any marijuana or anything like that, because it's a, it's a, a haven of Israeli organ harvesters, and that was in Bangkok. So they're everywhere. And there was it was the name of a street. I can't remember the name of the street now. I'd have to I'd have to go back and check. But it was just like common knowledge. And of course, they were buying off all the local <laughs> the local politicians. And, That's interesting. I mean, and uh, so they 
So I'm sorry. Send a link to this uh, interview to my people so that they can. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I really appreciate your bravery, you know, to, you know, I, I have traveled Arabic is one of my languages. I've right. that, that was I was in the I was in the Peace Corps in Tunisia for two years and from 80 to 82. And I learned fluent Arabic and kind of like you, I went beyond learning the local Arabic and I studied. I got books from the from the Foreign Service Institute in Tunis and and learn modern standard Arabic, which is what they what you read in the newspapers and hear on the radio. It's kind of like high German. Study that. It's, it's kind of like the quite a few years actually. The, so I so I, I became fluent in modern standard Arabic, <laughs> and my job for ten years I traveled around the Arab world. So I got to go to Palestine, and and uh, I was I was treated like garbage by the Israelis mm -hmm. uh, because I had because I spoke Arabic and because I had. So many Arab Arab visas in my passport. Anyway, it was it was two weeks of being basically treated like a like a like a like a criminal. Uh, so I was just going there to, to do try to do business, but it, it was it was pretty amazing. I, I mean, I had Mossad following me and going into my room and meeting me at the meeting me at the airport and escorting me to my airplane, leaving it. Leaving Palestine with two Mossad, Mossad guys, you know, escorting me out to the airplane. Wow. While the, while the rest of the airplane was waiting for me, I was the last person on board. They rifled my, they rifled my um, uh, suitcases in in my bedroom. And <clears throat> anyway, that's that's what it's like when you live, you know, when you when you live in a totalitarian, fascist society like Israel. Okay. In the so, Middle East. I'm sorry. The only democracy in the Middle East. Unbelievable. Ever hear of uh, uh, read anything by Eva Bartlett? Uh, yes, I have. I have, but it's been <clears throat> it's been over the years, and and I cannot pinpoint it. Yes, I have read some of her stuff. Okay, and Vanessa Bealy? Yes, yes, I have. I've also uh, seen some of her videos, and um, I actually reached out to Vanessa and tried to uh, ask her to do a show with me, but I never heard back. So anyway, you, you can't you can't win every time. But uh, uh, but yeah, I have I have I have I know I know both I both I, I know both of their names, and I've definitely seen Vanessa Bealy uh, Vanessa Bealy uh, on um, on her BitChute channel or. <clears throat> whatever it is, and I think I've seen also Eva Bartlett. So um, they're very good people. Well, what happened? What What do you? Uh, what 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 are your plans for 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 the future? I mean, um, as far as your newsletter, I mean, are you going to keep after it? Uh, I hope so. I hope. Actually, I would like to start something on um, on that new. Uh, platform. Um, Substack. Substack, yeah. Yeah, you need to. You need to. I was going to suggest that to you after we hung up. I was going to say, listen, it takes five minutes to start a Substack channel. You'll have to you'll have to finesse the fact that you're using red font and yellow highlighter. 
you know, right. to distinguish between. But uh, but you can but there are th different fonts on Substack that you can use to to replace that mm -hmm. your color your coloration with the yellow highlighting and your and the red <laughs> for your translation. Yeah, and uh, they've got italics. They've got they've got they've got italics and some other some other things and some different kind of headings and stuff that you could use to to do that. So, yeah, you really really need to do that. I mean, I and then you need to take all of your emails that you've got that you're sending out to and upload those upload those to Substack and then people can start signing up. Right now, no one knows how to find you because you know unless someone sends you unless someone sends me your email i would never have heard of you so with yeah. substack you can expand dramatically your your readership and you deserve it and you and and the and the world deserves it and we need to hear more from don hank so i sure hope that you will get your techie friend to come over and set it up and it won't take you five minutes yeah that's and it's need. free that's the best part. I have my Substack channel. Do you get do you get my Substacks? I can't remember. Um, are you on my are you on my Substack uh, list? I don't know. If I'm, not, I'll add you. Good. <laughs> I'll add you. Well, I'm glad. Well, listen, Don, this has been this has been wonderful. Uh, any any last comments before we sign off? Uh I'm glad we uh, met each other. Yeah, likewise, and we'll stay in touch. Yeah. And if you need any help with Substack, let me know. I've become quite the expert. Oh, good. Okay. So, well, um, if my picky can handle it, then I'll get back to you on that. It's uh, it's it's really easy. But I know I know you 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 are uh, you know you you you're not afraid to say you're tech challenged, <laughs> and so. And well, so if I'm happy, I'm happy to give you the help if you need it. And, and um, you're not the only guest I've had on my show who's tech challenge. So don't worry about it. <laughs> you did. Well, you did great today. Electronic things hate me. Yeah, 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 I understand. I, I, I know people like that. <laughs> well, listen, let's stay in touch. You were in Taiwan for three years, and so I will give you a Buddhist, Taoist, Confucian bow of, of honor and, uh, and respect. And as soon as I get this up and published, I will let you know about it, and you can share it with the world. Maybe by that time, you'll already have your Substack up, and you could and, and you can and you could make make it make it make it part of your your first Substack. Great. All right. Okay. Okay, Don. Thank you. We'll stay in touch. Bye bye. Okay. Take care.